0: Hey everyone, do you want to get inspired? I want to get inspired. Let's everybody just get inspired. Miracle Mondays. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Miracle Monday. Derek is here with us. Say hi, Derek. Hello. There's Derek. Uh... This episode's going to be a little bit different, and it is a little longer, but um, I tried to keep it as briefly as I could, but if you want to delve deeper into this, um, there's so much information. I mean, it would have taken probably weeks to cover everything properly, but with that said, we'll jump in and hopefully at least get the gist the of this, because it's pretty pretty cool. I think, um, this one involves, the reason I say it's different is because this one involves many people, not just like a person or a, a couple people. This involves actually like thousands of people. Um, it starts May 1917 in Fatima, Portugal. Uh, there's three children, uh, Lucia Santos, and then cousins of hers, which are Francisco Marto and Juancita. Is that, is that right?
1: Looks like Josita. J
0: a c i n t a. Jacinta. jacita Marto. Look at me. i Hispanic. I speak very good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um. They're young. They're seven, nine, and ten. Uh. They reported visions believed to be the Virgin Mary. So they would go, uh, to this field, um, close by, close by Fatima, Portugal. It was called the Hamlet of. I'm going to butcher this. Sorry, guys. You know me. Aljustrel? Aljustrel? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. A-L-J-U-S-T-R-E-L? Sure. Sure. That sounds good. Aljustrel. So that's located near uh, Fatima, Portugal. They'd visit this field, and for whatever reason, on the 13th day of the month, every 13th day of the month for six months, these children were visited by what they believe was the Virgin Mary. Um, except for the month of August, the children are actually arrested for something. Um, I tried to find out what that was, but it didn't really make sense. But I'm guessing if they're probably poor children, they probably stole something from a market or so- something simple because all three of them were arrested together. Maybe, I, I don't know. What year was this? 1917. So, 1917. Yeah. So it who was, knows what was going yeah, on? who knows back then and in Portugal, I'm not really sure. But anyway, Lucia accounts. Seeing a lady, quote, brighter than the sun, shredding rays of light clearer and stronger than a crystal glass filled with the most sparkling water and pierced by the burning rays of the sun. So that was from Portugal.com. That was her quoting, saying what she saw about this woman. Uh, She also stated that the Virgin Mary entrusted the children with three secrets, which weren't revealed until 1941, which was written in a document by Lucia at the request Of Jose Elves I'm gonna butcher the name again. Correa de Silva. He was the bishop of Laria. Laria? I'm not sure why it took so long for them to like write down the accounts or if she just didn't want to give it up because so she she writes down the first two secrets and gives the document to this bishop, but the third one she doesn't want to for whatever reason she doesn't want to give up at this time. Um so that was 1941 that that she writes down this information for this bishop. I, I I think he was writing a book or something or or keeping it for the archives. In 1943, Lucia develops um, a fever and pleurisy, and I th- she came down with something else in which you know back then they didn't have as good of medical care, I guess, as we do now. So the bishop requested again, will you please, you know, write down whatever the third secret or vision was so that we can have it. Um she was kind of reluctant to to do so uh because she didn't feel that God or the Virgin Mary who had visited her and gave her this information um was ready to act or to have it disclosed to the world at this time. Um so instead she wrote it down but she sealed it in, env- in an envelope that said to not be opened until the year 1960. So, quote, it would be a little bit clearer. It would make more sense. Um In reality, it actually didn't even get opened until 2000, but we'll go into that a little bit later. So I want to go back to 1917 where the children, so the children are visiting this field, like I said, you know, every 13th day, um, and, and seeing this woman and the woman tells them that the last time that they will see her is on October 13th. So, during this time, the children are telling their parents like children do you know they're explaining you know what's uh what's going on, what they're seeing, what's happening. Some of the people obviously are not believing the children and but a lot of people are so a lot of people are out visiting out visiting this field to see if they can also see this woman so a lot of people are traveling to traveling to Fatima in hopes to see the vision that the children are talking about nobody can. Nobody, but the children are seeming to see what the children are seeing. But again, they were told that the last visit would be October 13th, 1917, where they were promised that the world would now see what they're seeing or, uh, see something miraculous so that they would A, be believed, and so that other people would hopefully become believers as well. So on that day, roughly 70,000 people gathered in this field, uh, on October 13th, 1917. Still, as they gathered, only the children were able to see the vision of the woman. She identified her herself identified herself as the Lady of the Rosary. She spoke to the children, telling them all to repent and to build a chapel at this site, and also predicted an end to World War I. The Lady then lifted her hands towards the sky when Lucia yelled out, The sun, the sun! Um, so remember, up until this very moment... Only the children are seeing this woman and what's happening. Um, But as Lucia yells this, everyone's eyes go towards the Sun. Naturally, as she's shouting at the Sun, and they begin to see a silvery disk emerging from the clouds. Uh, So not everyone has the exact same account of what happens next. Uh, A lot of the people saw the Sun quote, dancing around. Um, others saw beautiful colors whirling around the sun. Some reported that the sun itself was zooming in a zigzag pattern toward the earth erratically and feared that it may but strike the sun there. So the was doing that? Yes. So this, they're, they're, their account is that the sun is zigzagging towards the earth as if it's going to crash and essentially kill everyone and collide with earth. Obviously it did not, but it was moving about erratically. Um, so I'm going to... Read you an eyewitness account who this is, um, Dr. Jose Maria de Almeida Garrett. Listen to me getting all them names right. Hear that? See, guys, I can do it. Um, he's a professor at the Faculty of Sciences of Coimbra in Portugal, and this is from Fatima.org. Um, so an organization, uh, this is where the quote, um, an eyewitness account is from. It must have been 1.30 p.m. when there arose at the exact spot where the children were a column of smoke, thin, fine, and bluish, which extended up to perhaps 2 meters above their heads and evaporated at that height. This phenomenon, perfectly visible to the naked eye, lasted for a few seconds. Not having noted how long it had lasted, I cannot say whether it was more or less than a minute. The smoke dissipated abruptly, and after some time, it came back to occur a second time, then a third time. The sky, which had been overcast all day, suddenly cleared. The rain stopped, and it looked as if as if the sun were about to fill the light, fill with light the countryside that the wintry morning had made so gloomy. I was looking at the spot of the apparitions in a serene, if cold, expected of something happening, and with diminishing curiosity because a long time had passed without anything to excite my attention. The sun, a few moments before, had broken through the thick layer of clouds, which hid it and now shone clearly and intensely. Suddenly, I heard the uproar of thousands of voices, and I saw the whole multitude spread out in a vast space at my feet, turn their backs to that spot where, until then, all their expectations had been focused, and look at the sun on the other side. I turned around too, toward the point commanding their gaze, and I could see the sun, like a very clear disc, with its sharp edge, which gleamed without hurtling, sorry, without hurting the sight, it could not be confused with the sun seen through a fog, there was no fog at that moment, for it was neither veiled nor dim. At Fatima it kept its light and heat, and stood out clearly in the sky, with a sharp edge like a large gaming table. The most astonishing thing was to be able to stare at the solar disk for a long time, brilliant with light and heat, without hurting the eyes or damaging the retina. During this time, the sun's disk did not remain immobile. It had a giddy motion, but not like the twinkling of a star in all its brilliance, for it spun around upon itself in a mad whirl. During the solar phenomenon, which I... "'Have just described, there were also changes of color in the atmosphere. "'Looking at the sun, I noticed that everything was becoming darkened. "'I looked first at the nearest objects and then extended my glance further afield as far as the horizon. "'I saw everything had assumed an amethyst color.'" So like a purplish-violet color. "'Objects around me, the sky and the atmosphere, atmosphere, were of the same color. "'Everything, both near and far, had changed.'" taking on the color of old yellow damask. What's a damask?
1: I don't know. How does it spell? How does it spell?
0: D-A-M-A-S-K. Damask.
1: I'm not sure.
0: I'm going to have to look it up. I don't know what that is either. People look, looked as if they were suffering from jaundice, and I recall a sensation of amusement at seeing them look so ugly and unattractive. My own hand was the same color. Then, suddenly, one heard a clamor, a cry of anguish breaking from all the people. The sun, whirling wildly, seemed all at once to loosen itself from the firmament and, blood-red, advanced threatening upon the earth as if to crush us with its huge and fiery weight. The the sensation during these moments was truly terrible. All the phenomena which I have described were observed by me in a calm and serene state of mind without any emotional disturbance. It is for others to interpret and and explain them. Finally, I must declare that never, before or after October 13th, 1917, have I observed a similar atmospheric or solar phenomena. So this account was by a guy, obviously, who attended this and who is a doctor of the sciences. So
1: He's not some crackpot.
0: Right, he's not just some crackpot old fool who doesn't know what he's talking about. He studies science. He probably is not, I would guess, a very specific spiritual man, simply because it seems as though a lot of times you're one or the other. I'm not really sure why. I think they kind of go hand in hand, but typically that seems to be the case. So that's his eyewitness account of this. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit because, like I said, some people saw the sun dancing around happily. Some saw colors. Some saw it looking violent. This guy seemed to see all of those things. Um... And there were some people that claimed to have seen nothing at all, but there's 70,000 people there, and for so many to have such similar experiences, I just wonder what that means. Uh, I wonder if um, maybe non-believers saw nothing, or if, you know, people who were bad saw the bad stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because um, it's later talked about, so it'll get repeated by me at some point during this, that... The Virgin Mary, whom these children are supposedly seeing, said that these secrets or the, or the phenomena that are going to happen are going to be good for some and bad for others. So to me, that would make sense, you know, why certain people saw different things, I see. you know, like maybe the good people who were already on a good path in their life and well on their way to heaven Maybe they saw great things happening and work. It was kind of like a, a beautiful reward almost. And people who needed a little bit of a kick in the ass saw something negative, you know, yeah. or damning, where it should fear them or should cause them to be fearful and to hopefully change their ways. Like, look, God is real. And if you don't straighten your ways, you're going to feel this way for eternity, essentially. And then maybe the non believers saw nothing, you know. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was interesting that supposedly the lady had told them that it was going to be good for some and bad for others. So I was, I was just, I just wanted to cover that because I just thought it was pretty interesting, I guess. Um, now we'll jump back to the secrets because this is years later, you know, in the 40s. So 1917 to 1941, that's, you know,
1: probably 20, 30 years there. So 1917, World War One is going on. Yep. 1941, World War Two is going on,
0: which that'll <laughs> kind of come into play here. Um, you'll see. Um, so Lucia reports her first vision as a vision of hell, and it—I read the whole um, like actual description of it, and it's pretty terrifying, honestly. And mind you, when Lucia saw these visions and was entrusted with these visions and secrets, she was only seven i think i think she, i can't remember if she was the youngest one or if she was the oldest one because there were seven nine and 10 mm-hmm. so regardless she was a child right a young child uh so i i couldn't imagine viewing this uh as a as a child and not being scared however she reported that before she was entrusted with this the woman told her that she was going to heaven, like, so she didn't need to be scared, scared of what... it wasn't going to happen to her. Right, like, this isn't her destiny. This is a essentially a prophecy for what's to come if people don't change their ways, essentially. So she sees a vision of hell, and she says she sees a glimpse of hell that's below the earth. Lost souls are submerged in fire that emit and burns from within their still human form. They're floating about. Um, there are clouds of smoke, burning embers, demons, and black transparent beasts... That surround them uh there was lots of groaning from pain and misery from the damn souls that are trapped there so sounds horrible. it sounds awful and again, mind you a possibly seven to ten year old here is viewing this and I find it interesting too that they're still in their human form because did we talk about this last time how like or was that a private conversation between we you and about I it. so we had talked about at one point like Possibly when Adam and Eve um, ate the apple and were quote-unquote clothed, they were once spiritual light beings, you know, like your soul, and then were clothed with human form and human skin, which then they were embarrassed and when God showed up they and nude. they they were realized they were naked. <clears throat> um, so I wonder if that is also a part of hell. Like, you stay trapped in your human form because there's a humility about that. There's a... There's just a something about that. I mean, what person I don't know anyone who who is literally 110% comfortable and you know, happy with their own skin. Everyone bitches, "Oh, I have wrinkles. Oh, I have extra weight. Oh, I have this. Oh, I have that." Yeah. So, I think that there's just a humility about about being naked and you know, maybe that transfers over into the afterlife. If you're a bad person, you stay tr- your soul stays trapped within your human form, which is Sad and scary and kind of weird all at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, sorry, that was a thought, tangent thought that I had. Uh, the second secret was a prediction of the end of World War I, but un- unleashing another during the reign of Pope Pius. What's XI? Six? Uh,
1: XI, X is ten. No, ten,
0: so eleven?
1: So XI, yeah, eleven.
0: So Pope Pius, um, the unleashing of another war if. Men continue to offend God and should Russia not convert. So maybe she's talking about World War II. Because it was stated that there would be more wars and the destruction of countries, essentially, or the Earth. Annihilations of Earth, I think is what the thing actually said, was annihilation of, you know, countries and man if they didn't uh, stop offending God. Uh, the third, which that one was the one that was sealed in the envelope in 1943. Um, I'm not sure because, like I said, she was told them that in 1960 they could open it. I'm not really sure why I could not find out why they waited so long to open it.
1: Who's they? the Vatican?
0: Yeah. So the Pope. Um, Hold on. Let me see here. So. Pope John Paul II. So he's the one who's going to open it and read it. I'm not sure why it wasn't read until then, especially when she gave consent in 1960. But anyway, so the envelope was not open until May 13th, 2000. Now, if you remember, May 13th, well, first of all, the 13th day of every month is already significant, but it's also the day that these visions started hmm. with these Did children. they
1: purposely that day to open it?
0: Perhaps. But May 13th, thousand eighty-three years after the original sighting of the Virgin Mary to the children. So literally 83 years to the day of the first vision mm-hmm. is when they're going to read this third secret. Which, it's not really a secret. It's more another big account of a vision she had. Um, essentially a warning to the people. Like, you need to straighten the fuck up. Or you're damned. Like, he's trying to still save you. You need to straighten the fuck out, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually published June 26, 2000. So they must have kept it for the archives and either put it into a book or some sort of account of her stuff. Because she writes more... uh, She wrote a memoir book about her life later on. So I'm assuming it's probably in multiple things. Books, memoir, uh, archives, etc. But it implied that the 20th century persecution of Christians... That culminated in a failed assassin attempt on Pope John Paul II in May 13th, on May 13th, 1981. So again, with the 13th? May 13th. Again, that's another day, the same day again, that it not only was it read, but the first vision in 1981. So mm-hmm. in, t- what, close to 20 years, almost 19 years before it was read. So I find that also interesting. Uh, in the document, she talks about seeing angels and possibly the Holy Father praying over the the dead. So she's just having a vision. So I'm not exactly sure where this vision is taking place, but this is what she's seeing. Angels and possibly the Holy Father praying over the d- dead and gathering the blood of the martyrs to take with them to heaven. Uh, the angels kept repeating, penance, penance, penance. Um, and within her vision... The Holy Father is also shot and killed by bullets and arrows.
1: When they mean Holy Father, are they talking about the Pope?
0: I'm not sure. It just said Holy Father. So I don't know if they mean... I don't think it means the Pope because she talks about a man... She talks about other bishops also in this. So you can, again, you can look up the actual account of what she's seeing. I'm trying to sum it up a little bit. But so... She sees bishops in there as well, walking through the town, and then she sees a man that she presumes is the Holy Father, because he's a man dressed in white, but glowing, unlike the other people around. And he is saddened by the despair.
1: Maybe Jesus.
0: Maybe, yeah. So, or, or, you know, Holy Ghost, something something to that effect. She sees him crying and weeping and praying over the dead, you know, because it's man killing man and, and whatever, and people are sinning, and he's trying you know, they're, they're essentially ruining everything he's creating and he's wanting peace for the world. And yet they're still not taking his, um, I don't know, his offerings, I guess. But anyway, in her vision, he is also shot and killed by bullets and arrows. It was later determined as not the predicted future, but as a warning to the people that, again, like we talked about, they need to stop the hatred and turn to God. Uh, they need to have the salvation of their soul, essentially, and and stop killing one another and whatever. So, yeah, that was the third vision. And, like I said, it had something to do with the failed assassination attempts, too, um, of that...
1: Pope John Paul II?
0: Yeah, of Pope John Paul.
1: He's the most liked popes of recent times.
0: So it had something to do with that in the sense, like, he... Because he was liked and loved, and whatever someone evil tried to take him out, but he was not killed or whatever, something to that effect, but hmm. yeah, so, like I said, this story i mean you could i mean it could've, i could have I could have delved in for weeks on this. It's a lot of information to soak in, but that's kind of the rough outline of that, yeah. But yeah, it was it was crazy because you got to think about that for a second. Like seventy thousand people, that's a lot of people. So this isn't a miracle that just a person or a couple people out in the sticks happen to see or have experienced to them. This is multitudes of people. I so, wonder if
1: it was officially reported. I believe by the government of Portugal. Okay,
0: I I believe the Vatican did allow this in as a miracle, if I remember right. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that that um, was, like, deemed like an actual miracle because so many people saw it and couldn't, you know... Obviously, you couldn't scientifically, like, justify it for anything. Yeah. So, I think it was officially deemed by the the Vatican or whatever as a as a miracle.
1: Yeah, they have a process how they right. do that, but I'm sure... I'm not sure what that process is, but...
0: Yeah, I don't know what the process is either, and I think it takes, like, a long time to get it done because... I I remember us talking at one point in time that about one of, uh, God, what one was it? It was the one about the uncorruptible corpses or whatever and them being deemed, um.
1: Oh, yeah. Some. Deemed
0: saints and then deemed miracles or whatever. And, um, some people were, oh, no, it was the, it was the other one where the guy went to Lourdes, France to get cured or whatever, and his was deemed a miracle, but apparently like thousands of people visit that place a year and thousands of people are waiting to see if theirs are deemed miracles too. So they're probably on crazy back order (laughs) or whatever you want to call that.
1: Back order of uh, making things into miracles.
0: Right, or as deemed official miracles. But it makes me wonder too, like how can people still be non-believers? You know what I mean? Like it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Like I understand... Maybe if you don't want to believe in God, per se, I mean, I do, but I I wasn't always that way. So, I, I mean, I understand how it is to go over, you know, brush it over with ignorance, I guess, or just not caring or not looking into it enough. But the more I research some of these things and there's literally no explanation for them, it just blows my mind. And this one isn't just like one where you could be like, oh, no, she was doing this or he was doing that. Drugs were involved, this was involved, whatever, you know, lack of oxygen to the brain, whatever, what have you. But this was 70,000 people and the majority of them saw something crazy, you know, that physically, as far as we know, couldn't happen just based on, you know, the way our weather works, I guess. Right,
1: right. Obviously, it's not possible and it's not something that happens every day. Right. Something happened that can't be explained.
0: Right. Exactly. So I just always wonder like how, unless you literally are just claiming ignorance and can't, you know, you don't look into things or you don't care to look into things, like how can you ignore it at this point? You know,
1: pretty easy. I mean, everyone's on their own path. uh, So people just whatever their path is, they're on it. And, uh, you know, (laughs) it doesn't matter what the evidence is or what the proof is or what anything is. It only matters what they're already held belief is and yeah, that's true and if, if they're already held belief is 100 percent science or whatever the status quo is then they just right. go with that until yeah that's true or what their
0: family I'm, or parents believed before them or whatever yeah yeah i mean because that's kind of well, i mean my family was you know a church somewhat church going family i guess i should say sometimes we would go but They never followed it outside of the church, you know, like they didn't pray at night or, well, I guess my mom did. But, you know, as far as my other side of the family goes, they didn't really do that. So that was like, okay, so church is fake. That's the way I perceived it in my head. Like, you just go there to look good for the neighbors or whatever, because they didn't practice any of that, Yeah, you know, and... I don't know. I had to find my own path. Like I was in the medical field for so long. So I was fully science-based forever. I thought people were nuts who were spiritual. I thought it was like a cult, you know? And until I experienced my own miracles, I wasn't a believer myself. And then now that I'm starting to like, look into all this stuff and see other people's miracles and find out how amazing that is. Like it, to me, it's just almost like, how can you not at this point so, but yeah, you're right. Everybody's on their own path and they have to discover it, whether it's this life, the next life, what have you, you know,
1: one way or another, we'll all figure out what's going on. <laughs>
0: that's true. We'll all figure it out one day, one way or another, I suppose. But yeah, so that's it for this week. Um, Sorry, don't have the big sign that tells me not to say, um, in front of me right now, <laughs> but it's, what is it? 91 degrees 91. out here right now this is our first
1: episode that we uh, did an attempt of recording in a side of a camper so the dogs would stop making a bunch of clicking noises and everything but um, it's also hotter than hell in here
0: yep so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up right quick um, if you want to send in your own stories feel free uh, double thought dimension at protonmail.com you can visit uh doublethoughtdimension.com and check out our RSS feed or Derek's got a newsletter or the um
1: I have blog blog, blog posts you can also donate through our website there's two buttons you can do a monthly donation or you can do a one time dono- donation of any amount if you feel you've received any amount of joy or <laughs> entertainment from this episode feel free to send that joy back to us in the form of monetary payment or just positive energy whatever
0: sounds good and yep you can also i'll post pictures on the instagram uh dt underscore miracle mondays uh is the instagram handle otherwise again you can go to the website and click on the instagram button which will take you right there for pictures for this week all
1: this information will be in the show notes
0: Yep. All right. Everybody take care. I hope you're all doing well. And if you're in the upper Midwest where we are, I hope you're surviving the heat because it's been two weeks of utter humid, hot misery. So
1: also just like to thank our people that listen, Chelsea, Izzy, uh, and all the rest. Lori, Lori, Stace, uh, Stace, Sid, uh, Sherry, Pete, that's
0: my mom. Sherry's my mom.
1: Pete, um, Brian, Uh, Break Bill Others who listen They know who they are Thanks guys, thanks Thanks for
0: being loyal fans and patrons Love you guys, until next week Okay, bye Hey everyone Do you want to get inspired? I want to get inspired Let's everybody Just get inspired Miracle Miracle Month